very good morning to you all. And what a beautiful morning it is too today. Let's hope it stays that way for the rest of the day. We haven't had any word yet from the Church of Scotland um, with regard to the easing of restrictions. I know that it should be coming, but we've not had anything yet. So in the meantime, we are continuing as we have been, which means please book your seat if you want to come. Let Maima know if you don't want to come. And that's for both this service and also the Thursday service. The pastoral care team would like to start a rota for transporting members of the congregation to and from church. To date, there has been a very low uptake of names to allow this to happen. If you're willing to help, please add your name to the sheet in the vestibule or speak to either Moira, Evelyn, Jennifer or Jean Hay. I think most of you know by now that we're in the process of obtaining a carpet for the sanctuary. Several people have already uh, expressed a wish to help with the purchase if you want to do so, please put your donation in an envelope marked refurbishment and place it in the offering. It would also be beneficial to note on the envelope if you're eligible for gift aid. And many thanks to everyone for their generosity. Articles for the messenger are due by today, please. So if you haven't got it in, you've not got much longer to get it in. The World Day of Prayer service will be held here in Kirkgate on Friday of this week at 2 o'clock and it will also be streamed online on our YouTube channel. The craft team meets on a Tuesday from 1 o'clock onwards. The Care and Share lunch is on a Friday. Next Sunday, the 6th of March, and then on the following Thursday, so Thursday the 10th, we will be celebrating the Sacrament of Holy Communion at the morning and midweek services. There will be a retiring offering next Sunday in aid of Sam's Angels. And this is a charity, a local charity, that helps bereaved children. And when you get your magazine sometime this week, you'll find more information about Sam's Angels if you don't know about them already. And last but not least, the Kirk Session will meet after the service on Sunday the 13th of March to approve the accounts. These are all today's intimations, but can I just say before I sit down, it's lovely to see some people with us today that haven't been with us for um, the duration of COVID really, for obvious reasons, and it's great to see people starting to have the confidence to get themselves back and to, to enjoy the fellowship that we have here on a Sunday. It's lovely to see you all. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Vivian, and welcome to those of us who are joining us online uh, or who will join us later on in the service, either on the phone line or watching on YouTube. It's quite a lovely morning, isn't it? Um, I think one of the things that we yearn for or we wish for is that when all the struggles that we have gone through the past two and a half years nearly, uh, when they are gone, we can hug each other and stuff. Um, but it's also equally important now. I think for some who have been in church earlier, they, they never tend to the left or to the right to see who is in or who is not in. I just want you to turn around where you are seated and just check out. Uh, unfortunately, those who are down here cannot check you, uh, you guys up, but please look to your left and to your right as we acknowledge the presence of God and also the presence of each other. And I think nothing wrong with waving and just saying, hey, you, you're loved and you cared for uh, by God and we value that. Um, as we continue in our service this morning, why don't we bow our heads and pray together? Let us pray. Our hearts are ready, O oh Lord. Our hearts are ready. We want to leap for joy because we have this opportunity to worship you. We will sing and make melody. We will awaken the dawn. We will give thanks to you, O oh Lord, among the peoples. We will sing praise to you among the nations for your steadfast love 
is great above the heavens and your faithfulness reaches to the clouds and to each and every one of us as we join our hearts and our voices and connecting with each other through the eyes and waving at each other and as we do all this lord we acknowledge your presence and we pray that you fill us with your holy spirit that when we leave this place we'll go back to the world where you keep us overjoyed for we have been refueled and we have been re-encouraged again for us to face a new week new challenges in you and with you all this we pray for in us in jesus name amen i know that most of you are aware of what is going on in ukraine what is going on in some parts of the world it's not only in ukraine that we have uh, the nature of chaos that we see or hear there are plenty of other places in africa um, where people are having wars and some is untold some you don't see it on, on on social media or on the news but there's a lot of things going on and i think the temptation is for us to look at ourselves or our situation and say is god faithful is god there our first hymn is a declaration where we are saying to each other and we are saying to the world great is thy faithfulness O oh God, let us stand as we sing together.
Amen. You know, sometimes when you are excited about singing, you, you ought to express it. Um, it's healthy, trust me. It's healthy to say hallelujah. Uh, I mean, if you don't do it, I'm going to do it more and more. And if you don't do it, Dylan soon will get it right and will do it for everyone. We draw near to God and Andrew is going to lead us in prayer. Let's join our hearts together in prayer. Let us pray. Eternal Spirit of life, who in Jesus Christ has revealed the fulfilling potential of love, draw close to each of us this day as we offer worship and praise. All humankind are created in your image. In Christ, we are taught that our potential is only realized by receiving and by giving the gift of love. We are seekers after God who, in our journeying, need constantly to be reminded that all around us in the created order, there are signs of your abundant love. In the strangest of places are you to be found. In lives and loves, in the pain and the pleasures, in weakness and in strength, in wealth and poverty. So often we turn our eyes to the successful, the secure, but you, Lord, listen to the poor and invite us to learn from them. Be they poor in material terms or poor in spirit. Forgive us if we have looked for you in the wrong places. Forgive us if we have listened to the wrong voices and forgive us if we have followed the wrong pathways. Touch us by your spirit and alert our beings to the wonder and mystery of your love. Use that power within us and around us to direct our seeking, to sharpen our hearing and to follow willingly in the pathway of Jesus Christ. Continue with us in our worship blessing us and enabling us by your power to be a blessing to others. May your spirit lead our searching, guide our listening, and keep our feet firmly in the footsteps of Jesus, who, when we pray, taught us to say, Our Father, Father who art in heaven, in heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, Andrew. Now I want to ask a question, uh, and hopefully someone will be able to answer. Um, have you been told a secret before? Yes. Raise your hand if you have. All right. Hmm. And how was it to be told a secret? Not to be told. But I'm, I'm asking how was it for you when you received the secret? It was? Awesome. Awesome? Okay. I was surprised by the one that I heard. Okay. It and gave me an insight into somebody, a side of their life that I didn't know about. All right. Surprised and like, oh, wow. Okay. Yes? Worrying. Worrying. All right. Jennifer? Happy, yes? It was? Okay, don't tell anybody. All right. All right. D, you wanted to say something? Said for others. Said for others? Hmm. Interesting. Privilege. Wow. Mm-hmm. From the outwork of care workers. All right. Mrs. Hazel, what do I do here? They're still telling me something. 
don't want to break your confidence, right? Mm -hmm. I said, I used to say to the kids, I said, now you know if you tell me if I have to refer that back to Mr. Anderson or one of your social workers, right? So don't tell me if you don't want it to be, you know, uh, sort of repeated. All right. Quite, quite a difficult situation sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yes, Alison. It could be surprising. Mm, surprising as well. Mm. Yeah. So I'll tell you a story about um, one of the times when I shared a secret with my little boy, uh, Dewell. So I shared a secret with him, and the secret had something to do with mom's birthday. Um, so I shared with him, and I said, D, we have to, to work together towards surprising mum. So we started working together. It was, I think for, for a season, he was able to, to keep it to himself. Um, as the days were drawing closer, uh, so we decided, D and I, that we would uh, have mum's birthday celebrated by her receiving uh, the it, you know, then she was turning 32, I think. Um, um, it was then. <laughs> uh, so we decided, we decided we were going to give her 32 gifts, uh, 32 different gifts. Um, so that was the plan. So we started working towards the gifts. So every time uh, things would come, either through post or I would bring things, we were hiding those things in Dee's room. So it was working out well. I think few weeks, or probably a week towards the birthday, Dee decided not to share the secret. Uh, and and he's, he went to mom and he said, mom, don't go to my cupboard. We've got a secret. <laughs> Dad and I have got a secret, so you're not supposed to go in there. Uh, please don't peep. <laughs> I don't know how she dealt with that. Uh, but then the, day, uh, the days drew closer, so we decided we would uh, decorate a room within the house for this surprise. Uh, again, they went to mom and said, Mom, you're not allowed in that room because we've got a surprise for you. <laughs> so such is life sometimes. But it was fun. In the end, we did it, didn't we? Today in the passage that we're going to read in Colossians chapter 1, verse 24 through to 29, Paul shares a secret with us. He shares a secret with the church in Colossae. And the secret is this, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, that sounds like, okay, so what? But we are going to be unpacking part of that today when Paul is sharing this secret. But in order for you to start understanding, what Paul is simply saying is this, whenever you're walking around, whenever wherever you will be, know this Christ is among you. And I think that's a secret amazing to know. It's surprising, but it's comforting too, to know that Christ is with you, among you, wherever you are, especially when you're struggling or you have got things that you're struggling with. We're going to sing together, Blessed Assurance, as the children will leave for Sunday school.
Oh, what a wonderful song. We draw near to God as we pray. Lord, we are about to hear your word read to us. We pray that you open our ears, our inner ears, that we are able to hear. Lord, open our eyes that we are able to see. And help us, almighty God, in our reflections that it, it's all about you. And Lord, as we hear the word read and preached to us, may we leap for joy as we are reminded of how much you care about us and how much you are with us throughout and in all things. All this we pray for and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, one thing that COVID has taught us has been that, you know, we, we have to keep the Bibles away, uh, away from use. And today I've brought one of my Bibles. This is my Bible. Um, and as the word is going to be read today, I want to, to see it in my Bible. And I want to encourage you to bring your own Bible um, to church and open it when we read the Bible. And even when I preach or when Andrew preaches, you're checking out, is he really uh, speaking from the Bible or he's speaking his own things? Because I think uh, it's time I've been long enough now here for you to ask me, but why, why were you preaching about this? Or what do you mean by this? Um, so I hope and trust that you get encouraged. I'm opening my Bible now um, as we hear Jennifer read for us from Colossians chapter 1. And we are reading from verse 24 through to 29. Let us hear God's word. Paul's work as a servant of the church. And now I am happy about my sufferings for you, for by means of my physical sufferings, I am helping to complete what still remains of Christ's sufferings on behalf of his body, the church. And I have been made a servant of the church by God, who gave me this task to perform for your good. It is the task of fully proclaiming his message, which is the secret he hid through all past ages from all mankind, but has now revealed to his people. God's plan is to make known his secret to his people, this rich and glorious secret which he has for all peoples. And the secret is that Christ is in you, which means that you will share in the glory of God. So we preach Christ to everyone. With all possible wisdom, we warn and teach them in order to bring each one into God's presence as a mature individual in union with Christ. To get this done, I toil and struggle, using the mighty strength which Christ supplies and which is at work in me. Amen. Uh, Jennifer. So I struggled to, to give a title to this sermon. On one end, I wanted to call it Suffering for Christ. And then there was also another theme that was coming through Christ in you. Christ in you. So you choose which one speaks to your heart, Christ in you or suffering for the church. So the sun is coming right into my eyes. And I think that's a reminder that it's not about me. Uh, we concluded our sermon last week uh, by looking at verse 23 of chapter 1. And for those who were not here, this is what it says. You must, of course, continue to, 
to be continue faithful on a firm and sure foundation and must not allow yourselves to be shaken from the hope you gained when you heard the gospel. It is of this gospel that I, Paul, became a servant. This gospel which has been preached to everyone or everybody in the world. And last week I emphasized that one of the differences between a true believer or someone who just profess that they are a believer is this. A true believer will face challenges, struggles in life, but they will keep on believing. And last week the sermon title was Continue to Believe. And one of the things Paul has incited in the previous section that we looked at last week was to remove human effort. He was in essence saying it's not about you. It's not about what you have done or what you will do. It is about what Christ has done on the cross. In other words, our Christian walk has everything to do with what Christ has done on the cross. And it has less to do with what we can do, either to save ourselves or to aid to our salvation. Now, it does not mean, it does not seem to, to be something easy to understand, especially when you turn to verses 24 to 29, because all of a sudden it's as if Paul is going back a step backwards. Because Paul now speaks about I. And for a moment, as I was reading this passage, I wondered if Paul was going back into the flesh, advocating for works rather than what Christ has done on the cross through Calvary. And I asked myself why he seemed to be boasting about himself. And three things are clear when you read from verse 24 to 29. The three things are this. Paul says, I am suffering for the church. I am suffering for the church. Secondly, he says, I am showing you, church, a secret. And thirdly, he says, I am struggling and I want you to know it. That's how you can summarize what Paul is saying. Now, if I can say a few things before I turn to each point and expand on it. Most of us, like I've already said, through social media and news are aware of what is happening in Ukraine and some parts of the world with wars and instability and hunger and many other things and aspects. The question is, how should the church respond when there is a growing threat of war or hunger and many struggles in this world, how should we respond as a church? When there is a constant fear among people in a society, what should the church do? While the church may not fight like the nations or what typically the soldiers and other people are doing, we still believe we have a role in the struggle. Keget, you and I have a role in what is happening in Ukraine and many other parts of the world. And I'm con convinced that if the church cannot be relevant in the time of crisis, it can therefore not be relevant in the time of peace. So we are called to do something. We are called to do something even if it means praying for those who are struggling and thinking about them now and then. We should pray for the crisis around the world. We should pray for the people of Ukraine and the people in Russia. We should pray for Afghanistan and Ethiopia, DRC, for people in Yemen, people in Nigeria, and many countries with wars and many other problems. This is one of our challenges we walk away with today. So we turn to the passage that we looked at. And Paul says in verse 24, And now I am happy about my suffering for you. And by the way, the you 
is not first person singular, it is the you second person plural. For by means of my physical suffering, I'm helping to complete what still remains of Christ's sufferings on behalf of his body, the church. The question is, why is he happy? Who could be happy with suffering? The answer to why he is happy is shocking. Paul says he is happy because he is helping to complete what still remains of Christ's suffering. And this is one of those misunderstood passages or verses in the Bible because some people suggest that Christ's suffering on the cross was not enough. People need to suffer and suffer and suffer. And some people have got this understanding that the more I suffer, then the more I qualify for salvation. And some people also continue to think that we therefore need to suffer and allow other people to suffer in order to pay for our salvation. But that is not the point. Christ has suffered and has paid once and for all for your sin and for your salvation. The point Paul is making is this. Christ has not ceased to suffer. He is still suffering today. And his work is not finished. He still suffers today. He suffers through your suffering. His suffering for sin is over and done with. But the suffering that he continues to face today is sometimes, some of it is when we fail to do what Christ expects of us. To use a simple example, when a when a, a, a woman gives birth, she suffers the labor pain. However, the mother's suffering continues. The mother's suffering continues as the child grows. In other words, Christ suffers the pain of bringing us up. And there is no, if, there is no growth without suffering. And I'm, I, I've got a glimpse of it because I've got a little boy who is one year and two months. You know, you try to help that boy, he will go his way. And sometimes fathers are not so connected. We, 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 we try and say, oh, well, it's okay. He needs to learn. But mothers, they struggle because they say, oh, my boy is bent or my boy is going through this. Imagine the pain that parents go through as a child is growing, a, a toddler breaking legs and hands and causing pain to self. Imagine a teenager with experiments and, and trying this and that, and when they have failed and things have not worked out, they tend to mom and dad and say, I, I didn't know. I, I really wanted to experience it myself. Those are some of the sufferings that parents go through. And that is what Paul is talking about. Remember, Paul is not adding anything to the cross, but saying something to the church, to you and I. So Paul is able to say, my suffering is for you, Colossians. I wish I could say the same and say to each and every one of you, my suffering, Keget, is for you. Maybe I'll get there in 70 years from now. So far, I can't stand to say it. But Paul is saying, my suffering is for you. Perhaps one of the questions we need to ask ourselves as we think about what Paul is saying is this. How did he come to this place or to this point where he says, my suffering to, is for you, the Colossians? How did he realized that his suffering was Christ's suffering. How did he realize that? You may remember this. Paul was on his way to Damascus so that if he should find there any followers of Christ, he would be able to arrest them, both men and women, and bring them back to Jerusalem. As Saul was coming near the city of Damascus before he was 
he was poor. Suddenly a light from the sky flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, So, so, why do you persecute me? Why are you causing pain to me? Why are you causing me injuries? Why are you putting me in prison? Why? 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 Why are you persecuting me? This was Jesus speaking to Paul. And at that point, he start, suddenly realized that when the Christians suffer, Christ suffers. As Christians are being murdered for their faith, Christ suffers. And in verse 25, Paul says, And I have been made a servant of the church by God. Through this experience, I was made a servant of God to save God, who gave me this task to perform for your good. It is the task of proclaiming his message. The question to you today, this morning is, have you discovered what Christ has called you for? Do you keep realizing or discovering what Christ has as a mission for you? Maybe for us as a church, are we there yet? Have we come to terms to understand fully what Christ needs us to do? And that leads us to the second point. Paul says, I have a secret to proclaim to you. And he says, God's plan is to make known his secret to his people. This rich and glorious secret which he has for all peoples. And I want you to understand when he says for all people, the emphasis on, is on those who don't deserve to be classified as all people, the Gentiles, the people who are undeserving like you and I. And Paul says, and the secret is that Christ is in you. Christ is in you, which means that you will share in the glory of God. The statement Christ in you could be further explained like Christ among you. Because remember the you that we hear as Paul is saying Christ in you is not you first person, but you second person plural. In other words, Christ among you Gentiles, the undeserving. To say Christ among the Jews makes sense, but among the Gentiles, that's something liberating. And I hope and trust that God would liberate you to understand that even though you are classified, you and I are classified Gentiles, we have this privilege because this secret is for us. For this secret is liberating us because the Messiah of the Jews is the Christ for us Gentiles. And Paul is an apostle of Jesus. had not expected Jesus to say to him, take me to the Gentiles. And when Jesus said so, he was puzzled and he said, okay, this is liberating and I would do this and I would do it well. And you all know, or maybe you don't know, but Paul's entire life was devoted to taking Jesus to the Gentiles. In other words, taking Jesus to those who don't deserve Jesus. I wonder if you can think of people who don't deserve Jesus in a true sense. Or can you think of people who think they don't deserve Jesus? If it was Paul's mission to take Jesus to the Gentiles. Maybe it is our role too. If you analyze why, why Paul was beaten and stoned and frustrated, it was because he was taking this secret to Gentiles. He was telling the Gentiles who don't deserve Jesus that, hey, Christ is in you, the hope of glory. He was proclaiming to Gentiles that Christ is among you, the hope of glory. And that, for someone who doesn't deserve it, it will be liberating. 
It's like what we were sharing about secrets. And I think I can imagine to try and put it to make sense for us. If the queen was to come and say to one of you, or the, the first prime minister was to come to one of you and say, I want to show you, I want to share with you a secret, you would feel special. But here is good news. Jesus comes to you and says, through Paul, I have a secret. And the secret is this, Christ in you. Christ in you. And in verse 28, Paul says, so, so we preach Christ to everyone. Do you see? Do you understand this? What will make you take Christ to everyone? It's because you've understood the secret. With all possible wisdom, we we warn and teach them in order to bring each one into God's presence as a mature individual in union with Christ. So there's something about the secret that when you receive the secret, you walk like somebody who belongs to the kingdom. Hey, you've got Christ among you. Christ is among you. So here we are as Gentiles and claim that Christ is among us, the hope of glory. So two things we want to do when we know this. First is to see this hope of glory. And the second thing is we want to share it. We want everybody to have a bit of this. If you have something nice you want to share it, as typically we all love a blether. And I think when you have received a secret like this and you're told, guess what? You can share this secret with anyone. You will go out and share it, won't you? And in verse 29, Paul says, to get this done though, to get this done though, I toil and struggle. And this is where some of us may be excited about the secret, but what comes with it? Not many of us will be willing to say, here I am. Paul, in verse 29, he says, to get this done, I toil and struggle. I toil and struggle. And here is something that I want you to hold on to. Now that you know Christ is among you, would you also know that you will toil and struggle? But here is something more. Using the mighty strength which Christ supplies and which is at work in me. Oh, so once again, Paul has brought a balance. So what was Paul's struggle? He's saying, I sweat, I get discouraged, I get humiliated. I do give all sorts of human efforts to warn every person about how they should live in Christ. And people spit at me. Some give me a hot clap, some will stone me, some would want me to die because of this, but I will toil and struggle. I present every person to God. I teach every person to observe the secret. I strive that every person get the point. And Paul is very clear here. He says, effort is mine, but the energy is not mine. Do you get this? Effort will be yours. You are the one who is sweating. You are the one who is being discouraged. But the strength is not your strength. The strength is given to you. The strength is Jesus' strength. Now, not a very good statement, but I'll say it. A Christian life is not luxury and rest. It is toiling and pushing all the way. And sometimes I struggle to tell my own family this, my own wife this, that it won't be luxury all the way. And sometimes I struggle to tell myself this, that a Christian life is not luxury, it's hard work. But the strength is ours. No, it's Christ's strength. The effort is ours. Because, because the effort is from humanity, yes, but the strength is from God. Now, why does Paul emphasize these three things? 
Why does Paul emphasize his suffering and the secret and, and his struggle? Remember, Paul, at the writing of, of this particular letter, he was in prison, waiting a trial. He has never seen this church before. Thirdly, there were false teachers among the Colossians, perhaps saying, you don't have to struggle. You, you don't have to suffer. You don't have to go through all that. You can get it easy. It's easy, and they could prescribe how easy it could be. It was also difficult for this church to listen to Paul. That's why he had to emphasize three, these three things. And yet Paul is trying to end the right to be heard. He's trying to end the right to be heard by these people. So part of ending the right to be heard is for him to say, I am the man who struggles for you. We is in prison for you, church. We has been beaten for you, church, for this gospel. I am the man who shares this secret that Christ is among you. And lastly, I am the man who is willing to die for you, church, to get this secret right. Did they accept it? Will we accept this message? We've never seen Paul. And yet Paul has written to us, why should you at Kegget listen? Because it was this Paul that took the Jewish Messiah, Christ, and brought him to Europe. It was Paul who died for proclaiming the secret that Christ is among you. Christ is among you. COVID is here. Christ is among you. Sicknesses are here. Christ is among you. I can't be able to do what I want to do. Christ is among you. We, had, we don't have enough funds as a church. Christ is among you. I can't speak. Christ is among you. I can't reach out to young people. They cannot understand me. Christ is among you. I'm too old to speak. Christ is among you. And what that does to you is it gives you strength to face the new challenges that some of you listening will face tomorrow. But when you face those challenges or problems, what do you say to yourself? Christ in me. Christ among me. Christ in, my, in, in, in the midst of whatever I'm doing. And that will anchor the church in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Lord, we pray that we understand the struggles of Christianity, but that you have conquered the world. You have conquered it all. And we come, we surrender our everything to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I, the Lord of sea and sky,
Please be seated. God of love, we rejoice again to receive your grace in word. We have heard your call and are made new by your spirit. Continue to guide and to guard each and every one of us. We give you thanks, Lord, for these gifts of money. We give them to you, Lord Almighty. You are the King of glory. You have given us so much, Lord. And we pray for those who have given electronically, those who have given in kind, those who continue to give themselves for your service, that you bless each and every one of us. That you continue to teach us to give and give because you continue to give. You give without measure. And Father, we are so grateful. Continue to guide each and every one of us. Father, how we thank you for this example of Paul. What a wonderful example of faith he is. How richly he has empowered us. By the example of his faith, he has taught us how to trust against the circumstances that surround us. God of love, God of light, as we stand on the threshold of Lent, we reflect on the journey we have followed. The celebration of your arrival and the start of your earthly ministry, while treading the journey you are soon to take to the cross because of those who refuse to embrace your way of life. Loving God, if the story we have chosen to believe is true, you're not just its author, but you are one of us, one with us in all life's twists and turns. Remind us that we will know that no matter how hard it is, faith is given to us. But remind us too, when the clouds lift and the sun begins to shine again, that life is good so that we can share our joy with you and give you thanks and praise. The thanks and praise that you deserve. Lord, we pray for healing. We still ask for healing, Lord. That, Lord, you know many of our members, some here, some at home, some in hospital, you love them. And Lord, we pray that you heal them. Lord, your hand of healing we ask for. Your hand upon each and every one of them we ask, Lord. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Give us the joy of Christ as we proclaim it's only through Jesus Christ as we claim we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. We give you thanks and we pray that, Lord, you continue to be with us the, the week ahead of us, especially as we think of those in Ukraine and in Russia, those in Yemen and DRC, in Ethiopia, in Mozambique, and all over the parts of this world that there are wars and hunger and thirst. And Lord, we ask you to reach out to your people. Make your face to shine upon us. Help our leaders to tend to you and to stop these wars and stop being greedy. All this we pray for and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Our closing hymn, we remind each other and remind our hearts that in Christ alone, in Christ alone.
to him who by means of his power working in us is able to do much more than we can ask for or even imagine to God be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus of all time forever and ever the blessing of God Father Son and Holy Spirit be upon you all now and always.